You're listening to The Cal Moore Show, interviewing the best and brightest in the Christian world and beyond. This time around, I got the chance to sit down with Americana folk singer uh, John Mark McMillan. He is the author or writer of the uh, famous song, How He Loved. But we got to sit down and talk about his newest live project, Live at the Night. Had a really good time sitting down and talking with him about that, about his musical influences, about what drives him forward. So thanks so much for tuning in. Here's that interview. First, thank you so much for, for hopping on the line with me. It's, it's a fantastic honor to, to be able to talk to one of my favorite artists. So, kind of cool. Oh, well, thanks, man. Thank you very much. Now, okay, so, so speaking of that, you're one of my favorite artists, but, you know, again, most people probably, most people I know, and I say, you know, David Crowder, they're like, yeah, Jim Walker-Smith, they're like, yeah, like John Mark McMillan. Who's that guy? Uh, like, he's a guy who wrote. How He Loves? Like, oh, okay. Yeah, I love that song. Um, so for people who don't know you as well, I think you're becoming more of a household name for a lot of uh, listeners of Christian music. But how long have you been creating music? How long have you been writing music and, and creating music? Um, for a living since 2006. Okay. So that's uh, what, almost 10 years at this point. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So how would you characterize your music, though? Because... When I listen to it, it's not exactly worship in, like, the Chris Tomlin vein. You know, like, the certain uh-huh. chords, the same four chords over and over again. Um, but after listening to Live at the Night, which is just released, um, one kind of gets the sense that it's definitely corporate. As I listened to this live experience, I was like, oh, my gosh, I, I almost feel like I'm there. Uh, so how would, you, how would you characterize your own music? Um, I, I just call it American folk and rock music, you know. Okay. I think, um, the word corporate to me, I don't like that word so much because it reminds me of like cubicles and TP reports and banks <laughs> and stuff. You know? So like, I, I really don't like that word, especially with the, you know, as um, as a lot of worship music could be categorized by both sort of meanings of that word, you know, r- related to different. Um, well, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, but would you could would corporate. you then consider? As I'm listening to it, yeah, so I get that for sure. Okay, so yeah, yeah back yeah. off the TPS reports. We need you to put some covers yeah. on your TPS reports. Um, uh, but <laughs> thank you for that. Um, no problem. So, but when I'm listening to the album, though, I still yeah. get this sense that, okay, so it's, a, it's Americana. It's, it's kind of folk rock sound. It definitely has that. Um, it's definitely not what I grew up with in the black Pentecostal church by any means. Mm-hmm. But I would still yeah. say that your music is worshipful. In a sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. Well, I've always thought this way. This is the way I've always looked at it. Is I just try and write honest songs, and mm-hmm. and the hope is that whatever is in me will come out in the song. So I think worship is obviously um, something that's a lot bigger than just music. You know, in fact, music is actually a very teeny part of the word worship. You know, and so I I just think that if worship is part of my life, then that's what you feel in the songs. You know, okay. So I've never, I've really never thought of it much that way. Of this is worship and that's not worship. Like that's not part of my process. I do realize certain songs are easier for people to engage vocally. You know, but even again, like I grew up, you know, the church I grew up in. Um, sometimes they would play like instrumental string music, you know, with big drums and people would dance, and that was worship. You know, so I think. I think how you engage um, doesn't determine whether or not it's worship. I think what we're talking about really is more of a cultural thing, is what churches these days would call or allow 
as part of their services or programs, you know, but that also changes, you know, that, that, that hasn't been the same either. So I don't know. So I guess that's why I don't think of it as whether or not it's worship or not. Like, um, I just, I just call it, uh, you know, folk and American okay. rock, you know, that's fair. So then yeah. one of the things that I, I would find surreal, again, I'm not an artist. I'm the guy who writes sure. about what artists are putting. Yeah, out. Yeah. But one of the things I would find surreal is, you know, writing a song. I've talked to enough people where they've said, you know what, I just wrote this song at my kitchen table. I was at a retreat and I wrote this uh-huh. song or, you know, I was in the shower and these lyrics came to me. And now uh, these are songs that, you know, artists show up to a concert, yourself included, mm-hmm. and people yeah. out in the audience know all the words. They're singing along. You can you can step away from the microphone and everybody will continue singing the lyrics. So what's what's that been like to create music and then show up somewhere and people know all the words to a song? What's that like for you as an artist? It is one of the most validating feelings in the world. Honestly, it feels like this is going to sound cheesy, but this is totally true. It feels like there are these friends and these members of my family that I didn't know existed. And then mm-hmm. I show up, and we're singing the songs together, and I'm like, I have family that I didn't know I had. That's what it feels like. <laughs> because when you when you write words, and all of a sudden you're like, well, they feel what I felt when I wrote it. It's like, oh, man, we have this, like, fellowship. You know, we have this thing. I mean, albeit it's, you know, it's a feeling like I can't, we can't go out and have dinner with every single person in the crowd. Right. You know? But still, it, it doesn't mean that it's not a real feeling in that. It's, there isn't something real about the fact that we connected through these words, you know. So it it really it's hard to describe how it feels. It's just incredibly validating. Okay, so you you've got these these family members you've never met before. Yeah, it's a validating uh-huh. feeling. Um, as you know, I mean you ha- you have your own story. People have stories. Um, music really draws people together. That's one of the biggest connectors I feel in in all yeah. of creation. Music is something that that can bring people yeah. together, can tear people apart, um, but I feel like the type of music that you are creating brings people together. So what are some of the stories uh, that you've heard from people, whether it's in your own church community, whether you're out on the road, whether it's friends and family, what have been some of the stories that stick out to you about how your music is affecting other people? Um, you know, I think um, one story I hear a lot is, is about, um, I have people come up to me a lot who have suffered a loss you know, like a lost friend or family member and who have been able to connect to the music. And, um, you know, I guess because I've written several songs from a place of loss, you know. And so it's it's really amazing to hear how uh, deeply it's touched people. And people say sometimes that uh, I help them say something that they their heart was already saying, but they didn't have the words, you know. And so I, lo- I love that, you know. If I can serve in that way by giving people um, language to the things they feel, um, it's it's a beautiful thing, you know. And, um, and so that's what I, that's what I hear a lot. Okay. So live at the night just came out, but mm-hmm. not too long before that, you had already released. I mean, you had just released "You Are the Avalanche" with your wife Sarah. Um, yep. And, and I, I want to talk about her work uh, with you on "Live at the Night" in a few minutes. But what inspired? Uh, working together on on a small EP like that with with your wife, and how was the writing process and creation process different working with your wife versus working on one of your solo projects? 
Well, the the idea of the project came from, um, well, my wife, she's an artist and she writes songs and she has some of these really great songs. I've been bugging her for years. She's like, you need to do, you need to record some, some of these songs. <clears throat> and, you know, just, we have three kids now and so her life is pretty much uh, full of kid stuff and, you know, house stuff and all that kind of stuff. And so she doesn't feel like she has time. So I thought, well, maybe if we do a project together, I can trick her into recording some of her songs. So that was the original. <laughs> so let's do something together. I think at the same time I'd written a handful of ideas that I didn't feel like belonged on the Borderland record. Mm-hmm. And so I thought this could be a really amazing opportunity to start doing this together, <clears throat> record a few of the songs, um, you know, and maybe put out something like once a year that way, you know. Um, mm-hmm. It just took a whole lot longer than we thought, but that wasn't her fault, really. Um, it, it just the production team got really, really slammed. So uh, so it, that's why it mostly is the reason it's a, it's a smaller album. We just decided to go ahead and put it out because we love the songs. And, um, you know, and maybe we'll do five more songs in the future and pair them together as like a series okay. or volume. Going to, but um, yeah, that was kind of the idea behind that record, and it was really great working with my wife. You know, honestly, we wrote our songs separate. We didn't like sit in a room together and work on songs. Um, we kind of wrote them, and then she would bring a song to me, and her songs were basically done. Like I think I, I helped to write a bridge to one, and I, I may have written a verse to another, but they were basically finished. And then a song, one of the songs I wrote, there's a chorus she had written a long, long time ago that I ended up writing a song to. Um, and so we, we never, re- we didn't spend a whole lot of time in the writing process sitting across from a table with one another or anything like that. Um, and then the studio, we went in with the band and we tracked stuff and then we would, um, you know, go up every now and then to do vocals and to see how things were going. And uh, I would, you know, be part of some of the editing, but she didn't really care to be in the room for all the detail stuff, you know. Um, okay, so just in there, sing, was, sing, be done with it, and, and, and move on? Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, she loves the creative part of it, the upfront part. So we spent a lot of time together in the studio with the band, you know, getting the songs, um, the initial tracks for the songs. You know. But after that, she didn't want to stand around while someone was doing a guitar line or, gotcha. you know, gotcha. editing a snare drum, you know. But, yeah, it was a really pleasant process, and actually, went it was really smooth. You know, it can be difficult working with family. Oh yeah, know, because for sure. all your other issues, and you know, but that, we really didn't have anything like that. It's actually very pleasant, and and I, I would totally do it again. Gotcha. Now, see, now I'm I'm really hoping that you actually do those other five songs or six songs or seven songs, <laughs> however much it is, because the problem the problem is when you've got. Obviously, real life creeps in, so you don't have to create music just for me, John Mark. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if you did want to do that and dedicate an album to me, I would be okay with it. Um, but um, when it comes to artists that people really like or you've been waiting mm-hmm. on something, um, like at the end of You Are the Avalanche, I just felt like, man, that was way too short. There's, there's, there <laughs> must be more. There must be, That can't be all. Is there a second helping? So I'm glad to hear that um, it was just real life that creeped in that made it shorter and that in the future – uh, you may work on on some things together, but in the meantime, she did work with you uh, on, or she was there for Live at the Night, uh, as yep, was yep. Uh, Kim Walker Smith, which was really cool. Mm-hmm. So um, you've got a number of albums under your belt at this point, uh, whether uh, EP, singles, full length albums. Why a live album at this juncture in your career? 
Um, I've always wanted to do a live album. Uh, you know, and I love. It's interesting. There's something different that happens with live music. The, when you connect to the people, they actually you you kind of catch this energy, and the people and the the exchange you have together can actually change the direction of the music. You know, and on the best nights is when that is when that happens a couple of times, and you're both sort of surprised. You know, it can actually determine the the timbre and tone of the music. You know, your connection with the crowd. You know, um, and so there have been a lot of those nights. It's like, man, I wish we had recorded that. You know, um, not that you can. You know, it's still sort of like when you see something live, when you hear a live thing, it's kind of like seeing a mountain or some sort of scenic view. And a recording is always like a photograph. You know what I mean? Like, it's not the same thing no matter what. You know? Right, right. Um, but not the same as being there. Yeah, not the same as being there, but there is something special that happens when, when you have, um, you know, a couple thousand people in front of you and you feel like you're all in it together. You know, it's not an audience and a band. It's The audience sort of completes the band. It's a, it's a circle, you know. And so I've always wanted to, you know, capture one of those moments, you know, even if it's just for me to relive how amazing the night was, you know. So, um but there are a lot of reasons people have wanted a live record for a long time. And also, you know, like I said, I've been putting out records since 2006. Actually, I've been putting out records since before that, since 2003, but just been doing it full time since 2006. So, um, <clears throat> so you know, we had a lot of songs that have changed over the years, and we thought it'd be really fun to reimagine these songs. And the live record is just a perfect opportunity to to do that. You know, it's a little weird to go back in the studio and re-record an old song. You know, um, but the live sort of scenario gives you an opportunity to do that. Um, you know, and represent an old song in the the way you do it now. You know. Yeah, and you know, one of the things uh, I don't know if you got a chance to see the review. Some artists see the review, some people don't. Um, mm -hmm. But one of the things that I remarked about this. Mm -hmm. is that I feel like after having listened to Live at the Night, I've, I've never mm -hmm. gotten the chance to see you live yet. I'm still waiting for you to come through Michigan at some point. Um, yeah. but hint, hint, hint. I live in Detroit. Anytime you want to come by, that's cool. Um, yeah. But one of the things I noted was your studio, after listening to this, I feel like your studio albums don't do your music justice. I was uh, like, this music is, his music is made for live. It, your music is just not that I don't like your albums. I've loved your albums, obviously, which is why mm -hmm. I loved when Live at the Night came across my desk to review. I was like, oh, sweet, a live experience. Mm -hmm. But I feel like, like you said, there's something different about a live experience. And something I wanted to comment on with you, which I, I thought was kind of cool, I didn't bring this out in the review, was a lot of live albums, I've reviewed quite a few live albums at this point. I've got a few a handful that I'm like, these are for the ages. And mm -hmm. one of the things I think that brought yours up to a different, to another level was you would stop between songs and talk. And a lot of artists mm -hmm. do that, but in the live yeah. recording that you get on the back end, that's generally all cut out. Yeah. And often when people are talking, it's very, there's music still playing in the background and it's really just kind of a lead into the next song. Not that it's wrong to have it as a lead into the next song. But it was cool because mm -hmm. you just stopped everything. It was like you stopped everything, <laughs> and it was like you were talking to people in your living room. 
which yeah, yeah. I thought for a live experience, really, like you said, you, you, there's a difference between being there and having it, you know, as a mm-hmm. recording, but I still felt in some way like, okay, I'm in the third row, I'm looking up, he's telling this story, I'm laughing with everyone else. I'm enjoying the story <laughs> just like everyone else. So I, I just wanted to say that to you. I mean, obviously, I didn't want to take over the, the interview. I'm supposed to be asking you questions. But um, that really uh, stuck out to me about the about well, the project. I thought it was fantastic. Oh, man, well, thank you. Yeah. No, I just I, – um, I like to talk to the people, you know. Um, I think that th- there can be the thing where you pretend the people aren't there and, you know, or, like, you feel like it's irreverent or rude to stop and talk, you know, mm-hmm. but – I feel like we're there to be together, so why pretend we're not together, you know? And sometimes I have things I want to say, and I love breaking it down and just talking. I mean, you know, sometimes you can lose people that way, too, so you have to be right. careful. But honestly, the crowd that night, like, they were so amazing. Like, I, I could have got away with murder that night. I could have got away with <laughs> Because they didn't come. I mean, they came to have a good time, and, like, nothing I was going to do was going to... Uh, was going to, you know, deter their, um, you know, ability to have an amazing time that night. Right. You know? So I just, it's the best night. And it's not really about me. I'm just sort of riding on their energy, you know what I mean? Okay. So another thing that I, that I noticed as I was, you know, as I'm preparing, I'm always kind of going and seeing, is there, is uh-huh. there an album I've missed? Is there any part of this person's story that I've missed that I don't know about? Try to find out a little bit more, maybe craft the questions, you know, along those lines. And I found out that you have a couple singles that have been released in Portuguese, yeah. um, as well. I I said Spanish in the paper that I in, in in the questions that I sent to you, but I got an email yeah. from your publicist to say that uh, from your publicist this morning saying it's Portuguese, just so you know. And I was like, oh, okay, I stand corrected. Um, but you released a couple uh, Portuguese uh, singles. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about what inspired uh, the the Portuguese language tracks, and is there a plan for a Portuguese language album? Yes. Okay. We we've been going down to Brazil for uh years now. Um Okay. So and so without knowing it, uh songs have caught on um in Brazil and so as I as I would go back to Brazil I would do a song and um I try and sing the chorus and Portuguese or whatever and I'd notice different places we went were singing different versions of the song. And so I started to ask people, like, what are they actually saying? And sometimes I was like, that's not even close to what I wrote, you know. Sometimes, <laughs> and and I think I had a friend, I had a friend who um, he went to the publishing company because he wanted to record one of my songs. This is a good friend of mine. And they're like, no, you can't do that version. You have to do this version. And he called me, and he's like, they want me to do this version, but it isn't even what you're saying. It's it's to- they've totally changed what you said. So I was like, man, I need to get more involved because I want to make sure they're getting the full experience. I think more than that, too, the Brazilians, um, they, uh, they're they they're so full of life and culture and energy and art and music, you know, but for some reason the Brazilian church, they feel like they've got to sound like American. They have this amazing value for um, American music and um, and. And they, a lot of them translate our songs. And a lot of their music are English songs translated into Portuguese. And I thought it would be great to for them to hear me sing in their language for once, you know, um, and hopefully encourage them to, um, 
you know, to value their own expression and who they are and their own culture, you know. Um, so that was the idea, you know. It was kind of we're kind of testing the waters because you know it takes a lot of work and it's very hard to sing convincingly in another language. Yes, it's hard to sing convincingly. It's hard to sing convincingly in English, but it's really hard to sing convincingly in another language, especially, you know, if you're going to put it out. So, um, I've been doing more duet type things, you know. Um, and yeah, I, I want to do a full Portuguese album in the future. Uh, it's just a lot of work. I want to do a full Spanish album too. And they were up on the board uh, for us to do and just life just got too busy. The live album came up. The, the album of Sarah was taking too long. And then now they're like, hey, we should do a new studio record. So, man, one day I'm going to put all of my um, favorite songs together on a record and do a Portuguese and Spanish record because I, I think... Um, I think that would be amazing. That would be fantastic. I will tell you one of my favorite all-time uh one of my favorite all-time Spanish language albums by a Christian artist or otherwise uh it was by Delirious. They put out a, oh, whole, yeah. a Spanish you know a Spanish language album uh I want to say about 15 years ago I'm dating myself now. About 15 years ago now and it was fantastic. Absolutely loved it. At the time I was dating someone who was majoring in Spanish so it was that much cooler. Yep. Uh, to uh, me. Uh, awesome. That didn't work out, but I still love the album. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so the, the new album's out. You already said, hey, you know what? You'd, you'd love to do uh, a Spanish language, a Portuguese language album uh, somewhere in the future. Um, but people are already talking about a, uh, a new studio album. Uh, so you've just released Live at the Night. Uh, what is what is currently next for you? Uh, the number one thing on my radar is trying to write a new record. So that's that's what I spend most of my time doing. Um, we've got a couple of dates coming up. We're going. My wife and I are going to Paris in a few weeks for the climate change conference. Um, okay. So we're going to be a part of that and try and learn about climate change and about how it's affecting people, you know. Um, and uh, and there's a lot of cool conversations to have about that when I get back. Um, and then we're going out. We're do. We're going to tour. Um, with a one of my favorite artists, his name is Josh Garrels. We're going to be touring with him next year, and okay. uh, and then there's possibility of doing different tours in the summer. But mostly, I, I really, I hope I can write most of this record before the end of the year, and we can go in the studio next year. That would be my dream, my dream come true. Would be able to do this record early next year, and um, so that's that's the most of it, I think. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to anything else that you put out. Uh, I'll well, be there day one. I'll be there day one when it drops on iTunes at midnight to <laughs> awesome. grab it and listen to it. Um, so, John Mark, we do live in the in the age of the Internet. Obviously, you know, you can find out anything you want at the drop of a dime. Where can people find out more about uh, who you are, your music, where you're touring, all that kind of stuff? Well, there is my website, johnmarkmcmillan.com, and that's the best place for all of that stuff. Okay. Well, John Mark, thank you so much for, for hopping on the line. It's been an absolute pleasure. I love getting to, to sit down and talk with artists and kind of hear their heart behind why they did this or why they wrote that. Uh, really cool to, to catch up with you. And when your next album comes out, expect me to be calling you again because you just seem like a really cool guy to talk to in the first place. Well, thank you very much, man. It's been a-